The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard, the number 17 news commentary podcast in Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold and this is pain.tv slash gold. <laughs> Folks, I'm serious. You think I'm kidding? We are the number 17 news commentary podcast in Ireland. Yes, it is true, folks. The rankings have come in. Uh, I haven't looked at this stuff, honestly. We kicked off this show, I think, in mid-July. And then, as many of you know, have been following this, I went on a three-and-a-half-week trip to Poland with my wife to visit her mom and dad, her brother, her uncles, uh, her cousin, who's a farmer. And so we had a blast. And I was going to record the whole time uh, from Poland because we were kicking off the show. And when I got there, it was uh, like her parents' house. I didn't want to record inside and make everyone feel like they had to be quiet. So I was planning on recording in the garage, and I got everything set up. I had to buy little converters and everything, uh, power adapters and such. And I got everything set up, got the soundboard set up over here that came from Mike Moore and the uh, Thomas Paine crew. I had a couple of microphones, and I was just getting such a terrible echo. So then I tried to record with the door open, and my wife's parents, they live in a very rural area. Everyone there has about 8, 10 acres and such, and across the street, there's a neighbor who has like 15 wild dogs, so the dogs are barking, and they're getting picked up, and before you know it, I said, this is just ridiculous, I can't record. Mike told me, uh, Mike Moore, host of the Thomas Payne podcast and purveyor of pain.tv slash gold, he said to me, don't worry about it, just don't record while you're on vacation have a good time you guys have a baby on the way spend some time with your wife because things are going to get really hectic after the baby's born so that's what we ended up doing i really didn't want to folks i like working and i like talking so we really didn't kick off this show into high gear until september and that's when i decided i was going to try to start putting out seven shows a week instead of five really kick it into high gear and then obviously there were a couple things that occurred between september and now including the birth of william so i'll be totally transparent with you the show was growing uh, by leaps and bounds i think from August, when we really uh, had started before I went on vacation to Poland, uh, into September, the show grew by like 300%. My goal was to keep it growing by about 20% per month. And so September to October to November, now we're in the uh, first week of December, the show has grown 
I don't know, six, seven hundred percent. It's pretty big. Uh, I mean, considering we've only been at it for three months and I'm not part of the shill network, so I don't get to go on all of the podcasts and promote my show because I'm not part of the Joe Rogan uh, shill club. And I apologize for those of you who like Joe Rogan, but that's the truth. I mean, he promotes psychedelics to kids. He's over there making the technocracy and transhumanism look cool. He wasn't really against COVID. He uh, made some comments about the vaccine for adults and children but he's not really against it he forced all of his guests to get tested he made covid very real that's what he did in my opinion in my opinion so when you're not part of that network and you can't get on those shows and then there's some other folks out there who do research and journalism around technocracy and transhumanism, but I think they only bring you to a certain level. They don't go as in-depth as we do as far as the investigations we hold here day-to-day at the Dustin Gold Standard Podcast. Uh, I've been reaching out to them from day one, trying to get on their shows, trying to get them on the shows. I'll still continue. I mean, if they'll come on and I can get on their shows, I will do it. I obviously won't if it involves selling your soul i've worked for myself for 20 years so i'm never going to sell out it's just not worth it uh i would rather just have to hustle and make side money doing other projects i'm not going to sell out in order to become some millionaire uh with a podcast that i could brag about and in the end know that i sold out and i don't tell the truth and i only misdirect and and uh sell disinformation to folks i'm not going to do that that's not who i am but check this out folks because i am kind of proud of this so i get this email i forget who it was from but it's a company that tracks all the ratings and so it says your podcast the dust and gold standard has good performance in apple podcast rankings last 30 days and i want to thank all of you for this because seriously if you weren't sharing the show and spreading the show around and letting people know about it we wouldn't be growing but it says okay and then the way it works in apple podcast is you have to choose a category so i believe we are under news commentary I didn't want to put us under the category daily news. I think that's what Mike Moore is, and I checked it out. The Thomas Paine podcast is actually ranked, uh, as of right now, number 49 in daily news, which is incredible. And the same for what I'm about to read you here. It's incredible that we're ranking this high in news commentary because there are thousands of shows on Apple Podcasts that are under daily news and news commentary. So Mike's like 49, but he's been at it for... uh, uh, was it two and a half years three years he's going on so i'm pretty proud of this and i want to thank you guys very much i want to thank my wife for supporting me and telling me to go do this uh, my mother-in-law who's here helping out with baby william helping my wife out me out so that i could work on the show all day and try to build this up and i want to thank all of you honestly for sharing this for leaving a five-star review at apple Podcasts and a comment over there if you haven't please do so for joining pain.tv slash gold contributing to the network of like-minded folks that we're building over there and for uh, getting access to the ad-free video version of this podcast the thomas Payne podcast and sometimes the thomas Payne hotwire if you're a member at that level and for everyone who's left a donation at donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. It helps us grow. But listen to this, folks. Position 17 in the category news commentary in Ireland. 17 in Ireland. That's crazy. I'm actually 2.5% Irish. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Position 64 in the category news commentary 
in the United Kingdom. All right, I'm actually two and a half percent English, so that's cool. We've got position seventy in the category news commentary in Australia. I am not Australian, but that's still pretty neat. Position ninety six in the category news commentary in Canada. So the Canadians up there. There was a big uh, libertarian movement in Canada for a while. I don't know if that still exists. I actually performed some comedy at the Freedom Fest in Las Vegas back in I think two thousand. 2011 i had a comedy troupe there it was mitt romney impersonator barack obama impersonator and um it was mitt romney barack obama and it might have been uh, donald trump impersonator hosting this event so i met a lot of canadian libertarians there pretty cool group of people drank a lot of beers with them back in the day when i drank uh position 103 in the category news commentary for the united states guys that's incredible because i said there's thousands of shows and we've just been at it for three months so this is really good because this drives me i want to get up into you know the top 50 under news commentary uh sometime in the next six months to a year that would be incredible so we got to move up 53 rankings and news commentary again i said it's a category i had to pick apple only gives you so many choices and if i pick something like social topics i would be falling into the range of all kinds of weird stuff so i just put news commentary uh position 108 news commentary for germany position 124 in news commentary for netherlands and then under just regular news in ireland we're position 156 so we are 17 in Ireland for news commentary. So we're like the Liam Neeson technocracy slayer. That would be a great way uh, to pipe. That's why I put it on Twitter. I say we're like the Liam Neeson of slaying technocracy in Ireland. So thank you very much, folks. Honestly, I truly appreciate that. It uh, means a lot to me. It means that people are listening, obviously learning, obviously being educated and uh, entertained as well and so uh back in the day glenn beck used to call his network the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment that's what his radio show was the glenn beck radio show the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment and then he carried that on into his fox news show and then into his glenn beck television that then became the blaze and so i always loved that tagline the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment because i thought it was a way to entertain people while you are educating them and so more people would listen and when i first learned about radio i used to go on the radio all the time in new haven connecticut on 960 super talk w e l i with uh, morning host jerry christopher and jerry christopher was one of glenn beck's mentors because glenn beck actually used to be out of new haven connecticut and then he was down in tampa florida and so i learned a lot of stories about glenn beck as he was rising in popularity a lot of the guys who worked with him in the early days of his career back when glenn beck was an alcoholic he was pretty honest and transparent about uh, his life and his recovery throughout his entire public career and so when i started this show and i've done past shows i always wanted to follow the glenn beck model which was not to rub cheeto dust all over my face uh, although i have done a donald trump impersonation but that was makeup folks uh was to be transparent and be open and honest about who i am my past all the things i've been through 
because I think what it does is it allows you, the audience, to build trust in me, and that's what I want, so that when I give you information that you don't have time to research, you will trust in me that I took the time to research it. I encourage you to go research all these things on your own, but I have to be realistic. I know that you are tuning into my show, Mike Moore's show, Legal Man Show, which, by the way, Legal Man with the podcast, The Quash, he's been at it for about three years as well. We are beating legal man in news commentary i think he was ranked a position like 160 or 70 so that is a major accomplishment sorry legal man uh but no i know if you're listening to these shows you're doing it because you don't have the time to be flipping through all the articles and white papers and reviewing all the videos so i want you to trust that i am going through that and researching it thoroughly and the analysis that i provide is honest and then you can agree or disagree with my opinion but i am being open with you when i am presenting an opinion versus the facts that are being reported so i do appreciate that folks very much it means the world to me so number 17 in ireland number 103 in the united states and let's try to move up in the united states to in the top 50 that's what i'd like to do and you can start out folks by leaving a five-star review and a comment at apple podcast we really appreciate that it helps us move up i just looked at the rankings and it is 73 percent of you as of this morning are listening to the show at apple podcast and again folks it is the christmas season if you'd like to pitch in uh you can leave a donation at donorbox.org slash dustin gold show the link is in the description of this podcast below we'd appreciate that we are growing we should be hitting our stride in monetization sometime in the middle of next year it takes a long time to build this up and once i get to the level where this show is generating across multiple revenue streams enough to keep food on the table here at the uh, gold household uh and once that happens then I'm going to be able to up the game and start producing three or four hours a day instead of two. Well, I do two hours a day now, 10 to 15 minutes for the teaser, the Dustin Gold Nugget. And then we're adding the 30-minute morning show, the Dustin Gold Mine, uh, starting January 1st. But I'll be able to do three or four hours of content like the Dustin Gold Standard and start to do some mini documentaries. That's the point in which I want to get to, where I'm literally working on content all day. And then I can hire a couple former colleagues slash friends of mine to work on handling the uploading of the podcast and the editing uh, all the production type stuff that i love doing but i really want to focus just on research and content so i'll be able to hire them to do that and then that will give me more time to just focus on producing more in-depth shows for you so that's where we are headed i'm being open and transparent with you as we enter this wonderful christmas season and folks if you're not on twitter uh you can join i wouldn't go join if you're not on it but if you're on there check out at hackable animal i just posted a picture of uh my latest bread i just made i've been making a lot of bread in between changing diapers and working on the show this one is loaded with everything bagel seasoning uh, minced garlic fresh shredded parmesan cheese and then on top I have these uh, the little black seeds, some flake salt, and some basil. So that's cooling upstairs after the show is done. I'm going to slice into that and see how it tastes, folks. That's a quick rise bread. I'll get into that one day with you. Once I perfect the art of bread making, <laughs> which honestly is 
Not really my desire, but I figure loaves of bread I can use to barter with my neighbors uh, for other things. So that's why I'm learning how to do it now while we're entering the winter season, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm actually going to cook up a couple of loaves of bread tomorrow night and give them to my neighbor, Jeff, who rototilled my lawn uh, or garden area last spring and our neighbor josh is a really good friend of mine now so i'm going to drop off some bread to them ladies and gentlemen right now i'm going to drop off the radar for a short break when we get back we're going to wrap up central bank digital currency universal basic income touch on digital ids look at all the projects coming out of consensus the software development company owned by joseph lubin who is co-founder of ethereum alongside viterin uh vitalak buterin who was funded by peter thiel you need to see what these guys are doing that's how we're going to end this section on cbdc as far as the articles and white papers go and then we're going to move into analyzing these panel discussions i've been watching and then tie this in with wide awake jim as he gets ready to make another appearance on the dustin gold standard ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back from the break. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. All right, quick thing, folks. I'm over at decrypt.co. Again, uh, I've covered this website before. That's D-E-C ryptco and we know that this publication on cryptocurrency and blockchain is owned or funded by funded by consensus so i want to just show you this because we had brought up this piece of technology ethaler e-t-h-a-l-e-r on yesterday's show episode 104 and that came up in the discussion about the central bank digital currency that almost got slid in there during the first stimulus bill right congress was about to pass a central bank digital currency it was taken out at the last minute so i was doing a little more research on that and ethaler was actually one of the technologies being bandied about as a possible solution uh for the central bank digital currency that Congress was about to pass. I'm not going to go through this whole article. I just want to show you quick. E. Thaler, time to issue, quote, digital dollars, end quote, on Ethereum. With a recent proposal for a digital dollar nearly going to Congress, we take a look at what one might look like. And this is from March 26, 2020. All right. So literally right when COVID land, the high school theater production was kicking off. It says here the United States has been reluctant to jump on the sovereign digital currency bandwagon and create a digital dollar. But there's nothing like a pandemic to speed up innovation. This week, two draft emergency economic stimulus bills referred to a, quote, digital dollar, end quote, to be used for just such a purpose. And we covered this yesterday in episode 104, if you want to listen to that. 
and says the reference was subsequently dropped from key legislation. But the sudden interest in the digital dollar is music to the ears of those working on a new project administered by blockchain consortium Hyperledger, dubbed Ethaler. It uses the Ethereum blockchain to create a digital currency designed for governments known as central bank digital currency. And we know that Ethereum is actually the underlying uh, platform being used for a number of CBDC tests around the world right now. And as I've explained here on the show, there are between roughly 105 and 112 countries in some stage right now, some phase of central bank digital currency, whether it is research and development or actual deployment. It says, quote, the concept of the CBDC seems to have gotten an imprimatur from the House Finance Committee, end quote, said Vipin Baratharthan, <laughs> chair of the Hyperledger Identity Working Group, speaking at an Ethaler meeting this week, according to Forbes. So as I talked about yesterday, Ethaler was first conceived six months ago. So this was six months ago before March 2020. So that would have been around October 2019. Ethaler is named after a silver coin used in Europe for hundreds of years from which the word dollar originates. Like Bitcoin, it's divisible into smaller units and so is suitable for micropayments. But the key feature, according to Barathan, is that a cash-filled wallet issued by a central bank would remove the counterparty risk of the bank in the middle going under those working on the project include consulting firms Accenture and Infosys and the Itu Bank in Brazil the group is building on Hyperledger Biso an enterprise version of Ethereum developed by Consensus which funds an editorially independent decrypt right so developed by Consensus so this is being built on top of the Hyperledger Biso developed by Consensus and why is this important because Consensus is doing a lot of work with the central banks around the world and the so-called private sector companies to start building the CBDC platforms. And at the same time, we know that Consensus founder Joe Lubin was co-founder of Ethereum with Vitalik Buterin at the time when Peter Thiel was funding Vitalik Buterin to develop Ethereum. That goes back to 2014. 2015, Ethereum launches and Joseph Lubin partners with Vitalik Buterin, splits off and forms consensus. And now we see consensus doing work with a lot of the central bankers. And this is very, very important because we're looking into central bank digital currency. We're looking into universal basic income. We're looking into social score systems. We're looking into digital IDs. I want to know the people that are actually building it. And we know consensus is back with uh, the, the latest round was $450 million. That was their Series D funding. Microsoft is involved. SoftBank is involved. Lots of big players right now. It says in the coming weeks, uh, the project structure is expected to be made open source, meaning that anyone will be able to build on it. However, Ethaler is not the only project working on a sovereign digital currency. China has been building out its digital yen for some time, and insiders say it's nearly ready. The Marshall Islands is also building its own digital currency on the Algorand blockchain. 
Other countries are exploring the idea too. New York-based blockchain consortium R3 is already working with central banks in Switzerland, Thailand, and Sweden, as well as the European Central Bank to look into sovereign digital currencies. And we looked at this company R3 the other day. I don't know, it might have been episode 102 if you want to check that out. The project is funded by $100 million worth of venture capital from big banks and venture capitalists. Okay, so I just wanted to show you uh, that this e-failer that was being bandied about as a possible CBDC solution back in March 2020 in a Congress's bill, which was going to basically put central bank digital currency into motion, uh, was a company that is building on top a solution built on top of Consensus's platform built on top of Ethereum. All right, over here I'm at BSR.org. And this is an article here. It says, Emerging Issues, Central Banks Embrace Digital Currencies. And I just want to read from this quickly. It says, and and today, folks, we're going to be going through this stuff at light speed because it's a lot of stuff I found, uh, little bits and pieces that I want you to be aware of, but I'm not going to go through every single article in depth because I don't want to expand this topic over too many more shows. I'm afraid, uh, and just my thinking is that if I give you too much on one topic i think you guys are going to get bored so i like to mix it up i'm trying to explain the entire technocratic system we live in there's so much more to cover this is one piece of it probably one of the most important pieces except for the covid jab so you've got the covid jab tied into the transhumanist element and then you've got cbdc that really really runs the technocracy it will allow for the total control of production as well as the means of distribution of goods and services. So it's very important. It brings to fruition the technocracy incorporated plans going back 100 years ago which we've covered in depth here at the Dustin Gold Standard. It says, as we hurdle towards cashless economies, central banks around the world are experimenting with their own direct digital currencies. These offer new opportunities for for financial inclusion, new levers to control the flow of money within an economy, and new levels of transparency. However, with greater control over and insight into individual transactions comes a heightened threat of overreach from governments. Systemic approaches are needed to overcome barriers to inclusion and mitigate risks to individuals. Now, one of the things I'm going to talk to Wide Awake Jim about, because he's been doing a lot of research on this from the Bank for International Settlement side, and what he believes is that the total CBDC worldwide system, with 194 countries, I believe it is, will not come to fruition for a generation, because there are all the different countries that come with all their different cultures, all the different set of laws, regulations, and such. I have to do more research into this myself, but my feeling is it will be faster, and that's because they're doing the test through the central banks. Just like here in the United States, they're running a test right now through the Federal Reserve, which is our central bank. And so I think if the central banks formed under the World Bank Organization and the Bank for International Settlements are in charge of the projects inside the individual countries, I think they will get done a lot faster 
than Jim thinks. And I'll talk to him about that. I respect his work and his opinion. I'm not going to debate him or argue with him. It's just we're looking at two different sides of this story. He's looking at it from the Bank for International Settlements, United Nations. I'm looking at it from the standpoint of the tech companies that are actually building it and the individual projects going on around the country. And that's why it's really important because when we get together, when we put our heads together, bring our research together, we're going to be able to form a bigger picture. Every time I send him something on text, he has a response back to me in five seconds. Every time he sends me something, I go, oh, but wait a second, Jim, have you seen this? So it's going to be really interesting when we start combining uh, our research. Now, I'm going to skip ahead from this. I just wanted to show you because what they're starting to talk about in here is this greater control over and insight into individual transactions. And that comes down to this programmable money and what they allow and disallow you from buying. This is an article here at bitcoinmagazine.com, and this is from October 2022, so just a couple of months ago. It says, the dangerous implications of central bank digital currencies. There are a variety of reasons consumers should be wary of developments surrounding central bank digital currencies. And this article is by Natalie Smolensky and Dan Held. All right, it says, uh, CBDCs are digital cash. Unlike traditional, which would be physical cash, which can be transacted anonymously, digital cash is fully programmable. This means that CBDCs enable central banks to have direct insight into the identities of transacting parties and can block or censor any transaction. Central banks argue that they need this power in order to combat money laundering, fraud, terrorist financing, and other criminal activities. How many times have we heard that, folks? Right? But at the end of the day, we are the terrorists, okay? We are the criminals. The money laundering that they're talking about is when you bake 20 loaves of bread in your oven and you go sell them at the farmer's market for six dollars a piece in cash all right and you go home with what 120 dollars in cash and you don't pay taxes that's the money laundering they're talking about all right terrorist financing that's uh when you give money to someone who's gonna go protest against something that the government is doing all right that's terrorist financing we know this we know this is how they treat us and we know that peter thiel's company palantir his software company funded started by the cia with money from inqtel its venture firm was started under the guise after 9 11 to track down terrorists by their financial transactions and now since 2018 under the trump administration they were given a hundred million dollars to embed themselves into the irs to go after you and me based on our financial transactions combined with our social media posts and our phone records yeah oh they have carte blanche to dig through all that it continues but as we will see below the ability of governments to meaningfully combat financial crimes using existing anti-money laundering and know your customer laws aml and kyc has proven woefully inadequate at best while effectively eliminating financial privacy for billions of people but that is the point folks these guys are not setting up these systems to go after the big criminals because the big criminals the real terrorists 
course, the real money launderers are them. It is them. It is the very technocrats, the bureaucrats, the banksters, these folks, these puppets of the state. That is the truth. That is who the real criminals are, ladies and gentlemen. They're not setting up a system to go after themselves. They're setting up a system to control you and me, to lock us into an eternal slave state. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back as I exit this slave state for one moment. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 